welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined this week by Tom Timmerman, one of our beat writers on the St. Louis Blues who are wrapping up a uh, homestand after a successful start to the stand with three victories. I, the big news in the NHL this week, though, Tom, was the, uh, the, the Taylor Hall trade, the first big trade uh, well ahead of the trade deadline. And uh, an interesting player, certainly one that had the Blues interest with Vladimir Tarasenko out, but instead he goes to Arizona, a team that's uh, got a new owner and a new commitment to winning. It just shows you how much tougher the Western uh, Conference got. Yeah, and you know, Arizona over its history hasn't had a whole lot of players of uh, of that uh, caliber, or at least dynamic, who have a little sizzle to them. So uh, this will be something to see what uh, what this team can do. Can that you know this is you know that team is always kind of team in flux, and you know it's one of the teams that gets talked about. Yeah, does that team move somewhere else? They need a new downtown arena. Uh, you know, always interest. You know what the future is for Arizona, and this is a play to say, look at what we look at what we can do. We can go to the playoffs. We can be somebody. Well, and that it starts with the owner, which you know this has been a perpetual problem for the franchise, <laughs> as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about uh, you know Dave Tippett and his new challenge with Edmonton, but. Back in the day, I think the whole operation was out of Tippett's basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, they didn't have a whole lot going on as they were struggling with uh, you know, resources, the future, like this arena issue. Uh, mm-hmm. They're stuck out in Glendale and, and a loser of a deal. So mm-hmm. that was a, a franchise that's just been adrift. But now with the Hall edition, after earlier making a play for Phil Kessel, who's, Kessel, who's still trying to figure it out, getting good goaltending, and uh, lo and behold, the long-suffering Coyotes, uh, certainly the Blues know that they're tough, uh, have been playing over uh, you know, into the lead in the Pacific uh, Division. Yeah, which is something that just, you know, you look at those standings and it's, it's like some, something's amiss. And you see you know, Arizona's on top. Like, how does, that, how does that work? You know, that's something not in, not in our lifetimes that we've uh, seen happen. And then you see you know, Edmonton up there, too. It's, uh, it's all very confusing, all very topsy-turvy there in the, uh, in the Pacific. But that, it's... Arizona and that Arizona coming soon to the Central Division when they when Seattle joins the league they will hop over and so that'll be uh, one more team for uh, the Blues to deal with on a uh, on a much more regular basis. Now, as far as the Blues' interest in Taylor Hall, of course, with Tarasenko out, they have some cap room, and as New, mm-hmm. as New Jersey demonstrated with the deal with Phoenix or with Arizona, rather, they were willing uh, the Devils were to keep some money to make it cap friendly or cap-friendly-er, mm-hmm. I guess they kept half of Taylor's money to make the, the deal work. So there was a chance that the Blues could have made that work. Interesting decision, though. He clearly would have just been a rental player here. Mm-hmm. And so the deal that New Jersey got, which was you know a number one pick, a number three that could become a two or a one, uh, and some prospects. Where do you see, could you have seen the Blues do something there? I mean, I know Doug was in the mix mm-hmm. talking to him. Uh, where did you did you see a trade fit there? You know, you you'd wonder what the level of prospects Arizona would have wanted from the Blues would have been, and you know, Kairou, I don't know, you know, I guess he's technically still a prospect, but he's in the NHL. I couldn't see the Blues giving him up. You, you know, Clem Costin, you know, probably, probably not. Uh, after that, you know, I would think that almost any prospect though would have been in play. I, I don't know. If there's anybody. Once you get past that, that's terribly sacred, you know, to the, you know, I mean, they've got, you know, between Mikola or Renke or Wallman, you could part company with one of them because what are you going to do with three young defensemen with the guys you already have? So there are some places where they probably could have, but the, 
the top guys weren't gonna weren't gonna be part of any deal. Uh, you know, certainly no one you think off the current roster would have been involved. So I don't know what that package would ultimately have looked like on the Blues side. Um, you know, it's all a matter of what scouts or what the team thinks, who they like, and and if there's someone there that somebody really is excited about within the Blues organization, maybe they'd ask about them. But I always figured that this was going to be a bidding war, and that any team in a bidding war would be able to offer more than the Blues would because it would just mean more to them, whether it was Colorado or Arizona, teams that needed to win to get over some uh, you know symbolic hump that had held them back over the years. Um, so yeah, and, and for for a rental, it would have been it would have been a tough call, I think, for the Blues to make. Now we can talk a little bit about you know okay, what are the potential? Uh, who are the potential targets? Or who are some of the guys that the the Blues would consider moving? And uh, some of the speculation, and I think like Elliot Friedman said, he couldn't verify it that mm-hmm. the Blues uh, you know, some speculation pointing to Vince Dunn. Mm-hmm. And you, why would they do that? Well, because at some point he's going to make, you know, soon he's going to start mm-hmm. making more money. There's an no. expansion draft coming. You know that they want to keep Petrangelo. You know that mm-hmm. Breco's not going anywhere. You know, Falk's mm-hmm. got a big contract. He's, they've made a commitment to him. Mm-hmm. Dunn's your fourth best defenseman, and you're likely to protect three. Go that route, mm-hmm. and so you can protect enough forward. So just from that standpoint mm-hmm. alone, there, Vince Dunn's a guy that could be a point of some discussion. Mm-hmm. And in addition to the three D-men you mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. He's not a big guy. And Big Nico, who is a big guy, that's something that uh, New Jersey might have valued. Mm-hmm. And Wallman, who's revived his career, you know, mm-hmm. going from a, being a minus uh, <laughs> one for every game that he played, I think, last year, yeah. to, to being pretty positive. So they've, And then you look at Perunovic, a guy that's going to come out of college, a uh, small D-man with some, some ability. And they've got mm-hmm. some guys that who have not yet turned pro. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess this team does have some chips to play as this thing gets closer to the trade deadline and mm-hmm. and Doug Armstrong decides whether or not he can do something. Yeah, you know, you look at the Blues defense and and I guess Armstrong's got to think, okay, what if Petrangelo doesn't resign and in one year Jay Bomeister is gone? You, you can picture Jay Bomeister one more season after this one. After that, then you're really you're right. making a stretch. So, I mean, there's a chance that, you know, what the what they got now is down, you know, by two years, you know, by two big guys. And so then how does it fit together? Who comes in? And then at that point, yeah, is, is Bortuzzo on the, uh, you know, on the expansion draft? Is Dunn on the expansion draft? How's that going to work out? But even then, I think they have more young defensemen than they will ultimately find a find a place right. for so i think those are the those are the guys that uh, were are the expendable ones are the tradable ones uh, of the bunch well the good news yeah. is the team is playing well yeah. and armstrong did indicate that you know he, he would love to be able to just find all the answers inside mm-hmm. he always does look at trade possibilities just mm-hmm. to make sure as we saw with the justin falk deal which was a, a surprise right now with even with Ivan Barbashev out, it's uh, there's competition for for playing time. <laughs> there is the fact that the fact that Troy Brower is now you know is a is a scratch. You know he's going to be a scratch again tonight against Edmonton. Um, yeah, you know uh, you know it's it's that that end of the roster thing. You know Zach Sanford is in that mix now. Of is he in? Is he out? Uh, Troy Brower, you. Know, Jacob Delarose showing remarkable legs on staying in the lineup. I, I kind of thought that he might be someone who'd phased out, but they seem to be 
um, sticking with him. So, you know, those those spots, yeah, and then when Barbashev comes back and they keep saying it's kind of day-to-day, he was mm-hmm. on the ice this morning, um, you know, who's that next body that comes out at, at that point? Is it Sanford that comes out? You know, and then we're still a month and a half away, you know, Sammy Blay, they'd have to make another decision. But, yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a good mix back there. And because right now, Kairou, as much as anyone, is making a case for staying in the lineup. You know, he, he is, if not great, he has shown how good he can be and, you know, given time to adjust. And I think this is going to be an occasion where the Blues are going to give him that time uh, as long as they can. You know, in the, in the past years, they would say, no, we'll keep playing Blay, we'll keep playing Sanford, and we'll send Kairou back and forth. I think this year they're going to say, we're going to stick with Jordan Kairou for a long period of time to see, to, to, let, him, to let him win or lose the job. Well, I think he's, uh, and you watch him play, and he's not going to, uh, he, he's gotten the message. Mm-hmm. He's trying to, uh, you know, forecheck, he's trying to backcheck. He's probably not going to win a lot of battles on the wall, mm-hmm. but... You saw him uh, sniff out an opportunity when he was moved down to the fourth line, mm-hmm. uh, make a steal, score on the counterattack with speed and, and a nifty wraparound. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that uh, most guys in the team can't can't, yeah. can't can't make that play. They frankly mm-hmm. they, they can't make that tight turn and tuck it in like it was no no big deal. Mm-hmm. And most of the forwards can't make that. Yeah, that move. I mean, O'Reilly does it because he's got a goofy stick. But uh-huh. yeah, but that's yeah you see, if you look at the pictures, how far behind the goal line Kairou was. I mean, he was still behind the goal and was reaching around the the net to stick it in. I mean, it was a, a reach and a quickness to to get around there that made that play work. So there's a guy that got so Costin scored one really good NHL goal this year. Kairou has done the same, but I there's there's you can see it's there. The potential's there for him, but. Better yet for Jordan, I mean, just the small things. He just seems to be um, locked in. You know, I mean, he's going to make some mistakes, but mm-hmm. I mentioned we were out of practice and the time he got caught with McKinnon during the, the mm-hmm. avalanche game in the middle of the defensive zone, mm-hmm. one-on-one, and McKinnon do the stop-and-start move on him, and, and Cairo didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, McKinnon gave up the puck. That could have been bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at what happened to Alex Nylander when he got caught <laughs> and it got stripped to the puck and made made to look stupid for the, the Blackhawks. I mean, you can mm-hmm. young guys can make mistakes. This case, on the defensive side, he's, he hung with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, little things, but he's got to be getting a little bit of confidence from the coach. I, I think so. And, and just in talking to him, he seems much more comfortable now this year than he did last year. He doesn't have – and I was, he wasn't ever like a deer in the, her- in the headlights, but he was – but he just – Last year it was like, do I belong here? I got to show I belong, and now it's like, okay, I, I need to show I belong, and I'm going to go out and show I belong, and he just seems much more comfortable doing that uh, right now. Just his just his demeanor, he looks seems a bit more relaxed uh, about it. Uh, like, okay, I can I can do this. And he has a feel for the game besides the speed. That's evident when he plays with other skilled guys. Yeah, and they're giving him a chance. If they're going to play him with Schwartz and Shen, there's there's a chance right there to, to show what you can do. Though, you know, the place to be really by now, be on a line with Oscar Sundquist. That's where you that's where you really that's where you really that's where the big money is right now. And speaking of Oscar, he came back and uh, you know, I mean continues to just some of the stuff he does doesn't always result in a goal, but some of the some of the plays he's making that just end up with a good scoring chance are like, my goodness. Where was this guy that whole year when he was just sitting in the up in the press box or hanging around the team, not doing much? Mm-hmm. Man, 
the start of last year, we were uh, we were like you know trying to figure out who okay who makes this team and. Oscar Sundquist was not a guy that we had making the team. He was a guy that we thought was going to get sent down to San Antonio at the start of the last season. And he put it together and he and he earned the money and he because he went out and showed what a guy he can be. And you wonder going forward how that affects decisions. You know, like they got to make a Jaden Schwartz decision in, in a couple of years. Well, I mean, they're different guys, but you're getting mm-hmm. the goals. I mean, if, you, if you're getting 20 goals out of Oscar Sundquist, you know that's 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 a good situation to be in. No, no, he is he's he's put himself and in, in, a, in a much different place at a time when you looked around and said, okay, ninety one's gone. Uh, how are they going to replace goals? Well, you, you figured at some point Kyrou would have to be part of the equation because he's mm-hmm. a skilled guy. But now you're when you see a guy like Oscar step up and continue to do what he did last year. Mm-hmm. And now he can go up on a wing and, and be in an offensive role. He could go back and play center and check. I mean, he can he can play one lines one through four, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just very very comfortable doing it. Yeah, I mean, they started winning again when he came back. You know, they they were struggling scoring goals and doing all the struggles they had. And okay, Oscar Sunk was back. Let's let's get going. And yeah, his 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 strength his tenacity is belief you know fighting for pucks and then when he gets the puck doing something with it i mean he's he's he helps out in every aspect of the game all right so we had a question arise uh with jim matheson of uh, the edmonton journal in mm-hmm. town covering his uh his iceman there the, the oilers <laughs> and he said okay well, so what the heck happened with uh Perron, what's going on here? I said, well, you, you know, of course, there's the March or so stick and the flex. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But seriously, what, what, what's going on here? You know, and he said, well, you know, I'm with, I go 91's out. So they're, you know, they're feeding him. He's looking for a shot and they're feeding it. He's getting all the, t- yeah, he says, he always took a lot of shots. That's not, I mean, what got into this guy? So what is it with, I mean, you, this was a, a topic at, on the, the post-dispatch, stltoday.com. The, the many strengths of uh, David Perron. Yeah, it, and it's I think one of the keys to the team is what David Perron can do with the puck, and and I don't know that we saw this as much before, but he just gets the carrying the puck into the zone, getting the puck back. Once he gets it, he you know I would say it's, it's hard to let him you know give it up, and he, usually he does that by shooting, but he does he does have assists as well. But he he just has been so strong on keeping it and, and fighting through crowds to get into space. Uh, it's become a, a, an incredible skill for him, uh, and yeah, for whatever reason that it's happening, it's it's very welcome for the Blues because it's turned into a, a he, you know, this was this is his third time around with the Blues, and I, and I think when the Blues made that signing, it was like, you know, what's what's the deal? You know, why are we taking another run? Why are the Blues taking another run at this uh, David Perron? They've had him before; they let him go. You know what's going to be different this time, but the Las Vegas experience revitalized him, and when his health is good, this is—I mean, he's—I mean, he's going to be an all-star at this rate. You know, on this team, I mean, he's just playing so well out there, and he is—you know—I wrote this morning. You know, you expect guys to up their scoring totals with Tarasenko out for a guy like Perron to up his scoring total, considering what he had. That's quite a step. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's one thing. Yeah, if you scored five goals, if Zach Sanford ups his scoring total, okay, that's it's that's easy to do. He didn't have that many before, but but Perron, you know, had a lot last year, and now he's going to have even more. So that's it. You look at you know great acquisitions, you know, and, and the Blues coming together. You know, July one when they you know the, they 
acquired Ryan O'Reilly in a trade, but they also signed David Perron, who has turned out to be a, an invaluable move for them. Well, and it's a uh, it's a related move mm-hmm. because among the things that have helped David get to this next level, besides the March or so stick thing, is mm-hmm. the, the time spent with the with Ryan O'Reilly and the, mm-hmm. the rub off effect, the time, the chemistry, and also the mm-hmm. time that they, they both put in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know O'Reilly loves being on the ice, and by with Perron being on his line, he has stayed out there with him, and he is he is always one of the last guys into the room now because he's you know in Ryan O'Reilly's school every day after practice, out there half an hour after everybody else, and that has helped them form that uh, chemistry. Uh, you know, I wrote this morning. You know, O'Reilly's not scoring goals, but right now, you know, all he's got to do is pass to Perron, and and that's that's just as helpful on the offense. Now there's going to be times if you know when Perron's stop scoring at the rate he's scoring, they'll need O'Reilly to score. But right now, with what Perron's able to do with getting open with the, you know, his, with his shot, with his creating shots, uh, pairing him with a guy like O'Reilly who can find him and get the puck to him has, has, been, has made that line go. Yeah, a couple of plays that jump out at you on that, and that is the uh, – you talk about finding Perron mm-hmm. – uh, O'Reilly's assist. He's high on the right side. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of curling. He makes that diagonal pass uh, all the way towards the uh, the left post. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip Grubauer not anticipating mm-hmm. that Braun is over there for a mm-hmm. quick conversion. He's mm-hmm. facing the play in front of him, which is mm-hmm. over again to the other side. Mm-hmm. So off to the off to to Grubauer's right as mm-hmm. Braun has gone and gets the pass quickly converts. Mm-hmm. Uh, chemistry. Yeah. I mean, Perron gets behind Grubauer, so there's like almost impossible to miss that shot because he had everything to shoot for there. And uh, you know, O'Reilly told me you know there was a split second when that pass was there. Um, You know, Perron got back there, got lost, then hopped out. O'Reilly had that lane because it was a tough lane to shoot mm-hmm. through. I mean, if he put that puck through a couple Colorado guys, and it had to be on a, you know, there was like one place that puck could go, and he put it right there through that line to get it through. <laughs> and the next thing you know, Perron's putting it in the net, and that's uh, it's what those guys can do. Another play that, uh, scoring play that Perron started himself, and you, you talk to guys on the team about his uh, strength, and you write about you know the fact that he has uh, the the heavy stick that as Craig Berube called it, but he, he's trying to keep the puck in at the left point and it's barely in and he's warding off a, a checker mm-hmm. with one arm and he's controlling <laughs> the puck with the other and he somehow keeps it in. Mm-hmm. Subsequently, leads to a goal that he starts by uh, with a very tough keep. Yeah, you know for. I don't know whether it was a stereotype that, you know, you're in your French Canadian, you're the finesse player, but um, it's not necessarily finesse. I mean, or it's a different kind of finesse because uh, for a not a big guy, he uses his body well and, you know, good stability on his skates to be able to do a lot of things with the puck. And again, the heavy stick that uh, Ruby talks about is just making, coming out, coming out of a battle with the pucks, mm-hmm. stopping a play. Turning the play back, get making a strong play to keep a puck in, to dance the puck deeper, to keep a mm-hmm. puck in, get it passed through, get a shot on goal, all of that. I mean, it's just the, the game is there's so little room to work with out there on the ice in an NHL game that you, you, guys that can do that. I mean, it just he could generate a, a quarter of your scoring chances just on on that sort of a skirmish. Yeah, and this is the way it is for the Blues. I mean, they they don't create a whole lot of chances. You know, they're still a a low chance. Uh, team, you know, 
even though they've had some five-goal games lately, they still just aren't a big offensive juggernaut. And so uh, it's going to be almost special moments like that where they are able to, to finish them off because it's not, you know, this, you're not going to be seeing odd man rushes with this team very often. That's just not the way they play. Now, what's really helped this team, the, the depth issue, we talked earlier that right now, I mean, Sanford's right now the bubble guy, the in and out of the lineup just mm-hmm. because all these other guys are, are, are doing things. And you look at the uh, the fourth line, and, man, De La Rose, people wondered why uh, you give up Fabry, a guy who's scoring points in Detroit for a guy who is a career checker, penalty killer. Mm-hmm. But his speed gets your attention. Of course, he does score a really nice, difficult goal, but that's not who he is. But I, I just mm-hmm. like watching that line work. He and McEachern, for instance, just seem like uh, they're clicking in that role, mm-hmm. two guys who are extra type guys who are, who are fitting in because of uh, of the injuries, they're doing a nice job. They are, and I've said before. I mean, I always I have been operating under the assumption that when someone's got to come out, the Della Rose is next, and they'd figure out someone else to center the fourth line. But Craig Berube's sticking with him. They have, you know, you know, they're going to bench, you know, bench Troy Brower for a couple games to keep Della Rose in. Uh, they're going to have to sit someone else probably at some time, and they're staying with him. They're really high on Della Rose. Ruby thinks, I mean, he's got a lot of talent that if he just is aggressive and assertive and plays that way, they can do a lot. I think people in Detroit are, would be surprised to hear that, to think you know the, that there's skills and talents that Jacob Della Rose, I don't know that he was incredibly well, you know, highly regarded, uh, within the Red Wings as, as someone who is like, what, you're going to have offense? You know, but that wasn't him. You know, the Robbie Fabry, you know, it, it seemed like, I think in Detroit, they were like, well, this is a good thing to get mm-hmm. the trade. But the Blues are, are making the most out of it. And, you know, Fabry was increasingly not someone that they were all in on. So yeah, Della Rose is getting the chance. I don't know how long it lasts, but for right now it's lasting. Well, you know, you just put a, picture of oscar sundquist up in his locker and <laughs> yeah. say well look you know this guy uh-huh. you know, he couldn't get in the lineup a couple of years ago and he worked and <laughs> yeah there, there were talents there that yeah. didn't come out until he got the belief i guess and put yeah. the extra work in to get that extra step and yeah, yeah. and then know. and they're buddies they go back yeah. so they, they played youth hockey together in uh, sweden so uh and lessons guy, learned the guy can skate and he's got a little bit of he's a rangy build and so that helps you on the forecheck you're trying to take away passing lanes you're trying to mm-hmm. keep pucks in um it starts with that with this team mm-hmm. seems like he's yeah. going to be a useful guy and that's going to give him uh, potential leverage points going forward i think he's mm-hmm. a guy that's got has got his stamp on other guys if they mm-hmm. don't achieve the same uh vote of uh, confidence then those are guys that uh, at the trade deadline with Blay coming back and with if Tarasenko is going to come back or even if he's not, then the replacement form will have to come in. Uh, you can definitely see uh, another move coming uh, down mm-hmm. the road here to uh, just because this, they can't play everybody. Yeah. yeah that, and, you know, they're at a point where, yeah, you risk, you know, if you have to send these guys down and the guys that have to pass through waivers – you know, is there, you know, would there be a claim on Della Rose? You know, how would that, how would that work? You know, would, would some team, has he shown something that other teams would say, okay, we can take a, we'll take a stab at that. Um, you know, one factor is just because it's the way hockey works or how all sports work, that 
the Blues are probably likely to keep De La Rose because if you try to send him down and he has to go through waivers and he gets claimed, now all of a sudden you've traded Fabry and you've lost the guy you got right. from him for waivers. So teams then are like, oh, you know, I'm going to, we, we don't want to look like we got nothing out of that deal. So you play it a little closer to the vest on uh, on how you handle well, that. Well, and true. And there's, if you think there's something there too, and this is like with Oscar, they didn't, they knew that there was a risk if they tried to send him down when he wasn't playing that somebody was going to put a claim in. And it turned out that, Boy, this guy's career took off after they went through a lot of trouble not to put him on waivers. <laughs> you know, the, the yeah. guy collected a lot of per diems without without seeing a whole lot of ice time. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's it's like uh, like in baseball, rule five draft picks, where you, you risk losing if yeah. you try to send them down. So you you keep guys as the twenty fourth guy and twenty fifth guy on the baseball roster so that you don't lose him. Well, it just seemed like there's so many positives for the Blues right now as they as they go forward. Another one looking to the the blue line. The, uh, the long-awaited Justin Falk breakout offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, uh, of course, the game-winning goal was a huge uh, moment for him. Obviously up in the play quite a bit, back on at least the second power play unit, getting a little bit of look there with the man advantage. It um, The comfort level there, I mean, now fans have seen, I guess, particularly on this homestand, what the, the big deal was, why this was a big upgrade. Joel Edmondson, who was, you know, had a productive start in, in, in mm-hmm. Carolina, to Falk, who's obviously a different type of player. Yeah, you know his shot totals over the past you know five or ten games have been have been pretty high. I mean he's he's taking five, six, seven shots a game, and that's um, you know Petrangelo has been like leading the team in shot attempts. Well, he leads the team in shots on goal, and his shot attempt number has been really high lately. And so they got two guys back there, and on different units, different pairings, who are uh, well, at least most of the time that have been willing to shoot, and. Um, you know, it's one of the things that uh, Craig Berube has stressed. The team needs to shoot more, and Falk is 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 taking that. And you know, I've maintained, you know, I've said it in our chats that you know, it's not as though something about Justin Falk's game dropped off. I mean, he has played. You know, his numbers have been pretty consistent over the past five seasons. And there's no reason to think all of a sudden the being traded to the Blues is that up oh, up. Oh, that's it. I've no longer can do the things I had done in the past. He is eventually going to get back to his game. Now, whether he got back to it this year or next year, but it was inevitable that he was going to do this because that's just what Justin Falk does, and and now he's doing it. It took him you know, a little more than a third of the season to get there, but he's gotten there. Now, in the uh, Mike Van Ryan lucky D-man shuffle <laughs> game that plays out, I guess you probably don't want to have uh, Falk and Dunn being similar type guys together. And mm-hmm. what happens if they both go in? Well, yeah. we, we, or, <laughs> or what happens if they both try to make a cute play in the same possession? Um, I guess that uh, that pairing had a rough go the other night, and uh, and that uh, may, we may not see that combination come up again in the uh, as they as they run as they run through the rotations in defenseman roulette. Yeah, um, yeah, the combination. You know, and I don't. I don't know that they're that they're going to settle on defensive pairings this year. We it's keep just, trying. We every week we say, "Hey, why don't you just go ahead?" And, but no, they don't listen. To yeah, him. and you think, okay, now Gunnarsson's out, and we don't know how long he's going to be out. But that that's, but now he's one of your lefties, and now what are you going to do now? And it's just, you know, so you can scratch Mikel all the time and put Portuzo in, but it's still and I and it it's it's unclear, you know. It seems like it's like a day-to-day thing, and it's, you know the, 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 we should say that about like in the injury report, defensive pairings day-to-day. We just well, what's it going to be like today, and um, yeah, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, and I don't know that, and I don't, I don't know if the coaching staff is, you know, troubled and can't figure it because they've tried everything. I don't know, you know, 
other than putting Bortuzzo with Petrangelo, you know, uh, I, I don't know that there's a combination that hasn't, you know, had, had a go this year. Um, so you'd think by now, they'd, you know, this, there'd be some body of evidence that would say this is the way to go, but it really hasn't. <laughs> no, and through it all, though, Alex Petrangelo just continues to to get it done and, and mm-hmm. both ends of the ice and all-around good player. As we said before, if, but for John Carlson's un- unbelievable offensive year, yeah. uh, there would be a lot of chatter about Alex uh, mm-hmm. winning a, a Norris. And, and maybe he's going he's gonna to be, I think, a finalist anyways, coming yeah. off of a cup and the way that this team is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have to. You just have to look at now that his yeah. numbers are up. And I expect those numbers to stay up too as far as the offense goes because he's a, he's a different offensive player now. He, he's a better offensive player. His shot accuracy has has gone up, and and he's taken shots, and you know he's taken one timers. He's making dangerous plays, uh, but defensively he's still doing it. He you know, against Colorado, he had some great efforts. You know the puck got past him, and it looked like someone was going to have a breakaway, and he reached out and swatted pucks away, knocked them off. You know kept breakaways from forming, and that's one of the you know strengths of a defenseman is stopping plays before they start, and he's been been very good at that on limiting those things but yeah his offensive production um you know it may have been a point where you wonder why why of all the defensemen and him on the power play but he's he's making a case right now that no. you know, he's doing great out there do you think they said look we'd when push comes to shove we'd love to give you let's say we'll we'll, we'll, we'll dig really deep we'll give you an even nine million but you gotta you got one count you got one season to prove you can make a you can hit a one-timer <laughs> that you know you've been playing hundreds of games, mm-hmm. and but now we're gonna say, okay, look, the the final frontier. <laughs> can you can you hit a one timer? And uh, and boy, because he's just hammering away, and we didn't see a whole mm-hmm. lot of that, you know, previously in his career. He's even got the little left lifting the right leg, and I mean, <laughs> it's just, just some of the stuff. It's like, wow, yeah, he's really getting into this thing. <laughs> suddenly, he's, he's an offensive machine. Yeah, and and it's not as though he needed to, you know, just because it's a contract year for him that he needed to go out. I mean, I, I think Alex Petrangelo pretty much made his case as to what he was and what he could do once you're the captain of a Stanley yeah, Cup Yeah, it's pretty good team. on the resume. It looks yeah. good, right? Yeah, so what, it's not like he, boy, you know, this is the big you know contract drive he's making. You know, he, he was pretty safe, I think, on making, you know, the, the, he was going to get the nine mil. It's a question of, you know, where where is it coming from and how long is the contract going to be? But uh yeah, but you know he's uh, he's 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 peaking, and you would think you wonder, you know, as long as he's been in, was there still room to improve? And yeah, he's gone up. Oh, no, have they ever? I mean, uh, in your when you do the live chats, uh, when it's your turn, are they still <laughs> trying to? It was my boy Roy Hobbs still trying to peddle this uh, trade. Uh, Trade Petrangelo while you know while yeah the, the we don't want to you don't want to let him get away for nothing yeah. and you don't want to other than, just, other than the ten seasons of him that you had yeah other than ten <laughs> seasons the one cup and a bid for another one yeah which was kind of an important thing because what would yeah. you let's put it this way what would you pay if you're trying to win a cup what would you spend to get a guy like that to play you know twenty three minutes a night for you and maybe twenty seven if it's a, if it's a deep into the playoffs mm-hmm. what would you give up to get a guy like that for your group a proven cup winner. A uh, known team leader plays well at both ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, a cornerstone. I mean, what would a team? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so yeah. Of course, the Blues aren't in a hurry. To, well, let's try to get a. Maybe we can get a first and a third for him. Well, yeah. How would you want what, to? Yeah. That's Come on, the thing. man. <laughs> so, you know, two guys who you know, if if it works out, you know, in five years are 
are, are helping you when you have, yeah, you just, it's hard to replace. You just, it's impossible to replace. You just can't say, well, we'll just plug someone else into that. It, you lose something. There's no way an Alex Petrangelo trade can make you better no. this season. You know, it, it could, is it, could it make you better five years from now? Well, yeah, but who's, you know, who cares? The, who cares? Yeah, I'm yeah. not, you know, the, and, and the blues shouldn't, you know, the blues fans shouldn't be thinking that way. Well, we could be better. Well, you, you got a chance right now. Yeah. You've got as good a chance as, as you've had maybe a better chance than last year. Right. You know, yes. where they are right now to win a Stanley Cup. A lot of these fans wallowing in misery for decades. Mm-hmm. And now you got a team that's got mm-hmm. a shot again. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think you might want to run for it. Yeah. So this is, uh, you look at the team, we're not, not not quite to the halfway point of the season, certainly getting there, uh, survived the Tarasenko thing, and uh, they have gone from um, having problems with the killer instinct to rallying again after again, again, mm-hmm. again, and again to win games. The temperament seems to be there. A lot of the guys are yeah. stepping up. The depth appears to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and well, oh, and one last thing, uh, Jake Allen's uh, back and getting a chance to keep uh, Jordan Biddington from uh, getting uh, burned out or 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 tired out or or beat up. Yeah, Biddington was was on the ice this morning, but only briefly. He was in fact the the first goalie off the ice today, even though he's not playing tonight. Allen is starting tonight against Edmonton, but Biddington was only only on the ice for about ten or fifteen minutes in practice and came off. Um, so they're they're being careful with him, and we you know there's no sign, there's no indication that anything's wrong. But he's played a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this year his game total is among the highest in the NHL. And I don't know, you know, that Berube may be looking at this saying, you know, we 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 want to win games and we're trying to win every night, but we got to dial back how much we use Jordan Bennington. And he's now got that luxury because Jake Allen is playing. Very well, and the fact that they're going to play Jake Allen at home, which used to be the, you know, the the haunted house for him, mm-hmm. um, but now it's like okay, you know, J- Jake has played so consistently well that you know here's a go. Now that's not to say that we won't see the the typical screwball bounce that's going to you know hit off of who knows what and bounce eight times and then you know beat Jake in some strange direction because that's going to be, you know, Jake's going to be 50 years old and have that avenue right, at the grocery right. store where Correct. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the applesauce will fall off the shelf. And the next thing you know, it'll be fast about bouncing off the, the tuna fish and the, and the, you know, wheat checks. But um, yeah, I mean, they've, you know, another guy that people always want to trade. Jake Allen is the guy. I mean, there's, there, there is, as much as people say, hey, say trade Petrangelo, trading Jake Allen is always a popular yeah. theme. Uh, but, the again, base. and we've talked about it on NetFront Presence, uh, you're trying to win mm-hmm. this year. If you feel good about the insurance he's given you and you don't need his cap space because the other pieces mm-hmm. fall together, mm-hmm. the only reason you would trade him would, would be to create room to do something else. And, frankly, mm-hmm. a lot of times if teams are in selling mode, they're going to keep a lot of the contract and make a deal work mm-hmm. if they can get what they want from you otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, you never know with Jake. It's, I could see this being a, a real valuable piece of them trying to win again for that, for that protection. Now that he's playing well, mm-hmm. the motivation to keep him, realizing that, man, what if something happened to, to Jordan and now we don't feel bad, mm-hmm. as bad anyways, as we yeah. certainly would have a year ago. So mm-hmm. it does seem, as the holiday season <laughs> approaches, that, you know, at the moment anyways, they, they, they couldn't be much, much happier than they are with the way things have gone. No, and I gotta say, I mean, I I have looked at this team uh, through whatever is the opposite of rose-colored glasses, and and said, 
you know, boy, they, they just can't keep winning games this way. They're, they're not, they don't score many goals. They don't create many chances, but they find a way to win. And I don't know at what point I need to, you know, rethink my worldview on this and say, but, but they can, and they're doing it. And I, I just think, you know, the offense by now should have come back and, and bit them and the lack of scoring, but it hasn't. And, you know, yes, they've been blessed with good goalie play, which has helped them through a lot of this. Uh, and they have hit small stretches where they had trouble scoring, but they've gotten out of them. And that things seems to be working right for them. And, and I'm in some, you know, and I don't know if I should feel this way, wrong to feel this way about a team that's a Stanley Cup champion. I'm like, how are they doing that? But they're doing it and they keep winning and, you know, they're, they're playing extremely well and it keeps happening. So maybe this is, you know, a style that's going to work. And I said, when Tarasenko got hurt, we're going to see a lot of three, two games and that's what the blues are going to be looking at. And they have, but the, but they're winning them. Well, when you come back and you score four goals straight in the third period to win a game mm-hmm. that you were controlling otherwise, except for some weird things that happened against you. Mm-hmm. And then you, uh, you just really make Colorado look bad, except for a mm-hmm. stretch of the second period. You owned them at the start and you owned them at the mm-hmm. end. Those two games underscored that, you know, that was more of the cushion that you would have, more of the team we saw at the end of last year when they mm-hmm. had to be a really, really good team mm-hmm. to, to make it, and they were. I mean, there was, mm-hmm. the, you saw the last couple games at home, mm-hmm. them look starting to look reminiscent of, yeah. of the team you saw last year at the end. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, I mean, believe it's St. Louis, you know, and people are mm-hmm. just kind of pinching themselves, but... Uh, but man, they do believe they they show yeah. up in the snow to watch them play Colorado, and they were rewarded. They got a Saturday night game against Chicago. They were rewarded. Mm-hmm. So here yeah. we are. Yeah, um, it it doesn't show any signs of time, but it's got to be that way also because the division yeah, is so yeah. tight. As you wrote this morning, this I mean, is not, not much in the terms of softness. The LA Kings just beat Boston. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're you know look at all the, how many guys on that team have won a cup. They just beat Boston last night, right? So. Yeah. You know, I mean, Chicago, they're, they've still got a couple guys that, that say, hey, I, Jonathan Taze, I'm not done yet. Dun- mm-hmm. Duncan Keith's coming back. I mean, Patrick Kane's still an elite player. I mean, geez. I mean, Nashville would not be in the playoffs you know, yeah. if the season ended today. I mean, were they, you know, were people picking them to finish in the Central Division? Yeah, know, they just ran year. a layup drill on the Islanders. They gave Barry Trotz a, a beating. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so they, they're still good. So, yeah, this is the world we live in, and uh, we'll continue to talk about it. Now, I'm not sure the next time we'll get together on that firm presence because we are headed to the holidays. Ho, ho, ho. But mm-hmm. until next time, uh, that's been Tom Timmerman, Hello. Santa, and I'm Jeff Gordon. <laughs> this has been Netfront Presence, a reminder to, hey, check out our website. It's yeah. all new. Look at that spiffy. It is. I like it. I like the redesign. So check it out on your, on your, uh, on your uh, laptop or your desktop computer. Check out our new uh, look. If you want a really clean experience, get our digital subscription. Otherwise, check out our podcast that we have uh, on a variety of topics. You can do that at stltoday.com slash podcast. And otherwise, until next time, for Tom, I'm Jeff. See ya!